Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Brian. Hey, let's talk about barbecue pits. All right, let's talk about it. Hey, you know, Pits and Spits has the best-looking, best-cooking smokers and grills. They offer a full family of products, including traditional offset smokers, wood pellet grills, charcoal grills, travel grills, combination pits, fire pits, and much more. Pits and Spits has been one of the only American fabrication shops that's focused on smokers and grills for almost 40 years. Why is that important? Well, for this many years and doing it all-American built, you know, they've got an unmatched amount of attention to detail. They're able to customize to the user, to the builder, to the request. They build every product with the attention, you know, that it's going to be passed down for generations. It's not going to be something you use for a couple of years. You're going to toss aside. You're going to get something else. These are generational pits. These are heirloom pits. You know, whether you're into competition barbecue or you want to take your backyard grilling game to the next level, there's a product for you. Check out pitsandspits.com. That's pits with two T's, spits with two T's, pitsandspits.com. And use the promo code TAILS for a free spice pack with your order of $500 or more. Make sure to check them out. Make sure to tell them that you heard it from Tales from the Pits. And speaking of Tales from the Pits, howdy. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits Roadshow Edition. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are here with a whole gaggle of people. A gaggle? Yes, a gaggle is a good way to put it. Let's, uh, let's have everybody introduce themselves and we will go around the room starting with... Hey guys, this is Jaime with Smokecrafters Barbecue. Joel from Teddy's Barbecue. Jesse from Teddy's Barbecue. Joshua Guerrero with Seagulls Barbecue. George Watts III from GW's Barbecue. George Watts Jr. from GW's Barbecue. Hey guys, this is Chris Mendiola with Heiko Barbecue Company. Danny from El Sancho Barbecue. Hey guys, this is Fred with El Sancho Barbecue. And we are down here in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley, a burgeoning barbecue scene of modern barbecue cooking that's kind of really exploded the last five years i'd say um we were down here in 2017 when we first started this podcast and there's you know there's a couple places to go to uh i do want to mention you know the, the the kind of the patriarch of the barbecue scene down here who's not with us tonight uh mondo vera uh, down in brownsville uh, wanted him to join us tonight but he was unable to feel a little under the weather so shout, Mon- out, shout out fe- yeah fe- shout out to the og absolutely so feel better mondo uh we would definitely love to have you on again sometime but but yeah, this, this scene has grown and changed so much over the last several years, as barbecue across Texas and across the nation has. But this is an area that, that we've seen a ton of growth, and we really wanted to try to get everybody together and just kind of highlight the barbecue scene that's going on down here, because I don't think enough people really know what's, what's building here. Yeah, it, it was really funny. when One of the uh, comments when we first said we were coming down here and we're doing this today, somebody was like, oh, well, that'll be a really short trip. And we're like, no, you guys don't know what's going on yeah. down here. And people, that's what we want to People on do. Twitter suck. Go ahead and ask them. 90 miles wide. But it's because it's happening so fast and, and it's going and it's really, it's really blowing up. Um, there's a lot of new things out there. There's a lot of new different types of barbecue that's coming down here uh, from trailers to, uh, to inside of bars to... Um, to brick and mortar. Brick and mortar, and, 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 and you know the transition from trailer to brick and mortar that I know that you know people have undergone, and it's I mean there's always challenges that go along with that. But let's uh, let's kind of dive into it. Let's dive into the scene. Um, we'll, we'll yeah we'll start with we'll start with Teddy's. Thank you first and foremost for for hosting tonight. We appreciate you know, you having us all here. Um, Joel, tell us you, you kind of had a different path getting getting you back home where you're open barbecue. Tell us a little bit about your your barbecue journey. 
Yeah, so I mean, it kind of started in Austin. Obviously, I mean, I don't, I don't know of anyone else that kind of had the education slash experience uh, in a barbecue joint that that we did. Uh, we started off at Friedman's. Well, I'll, I'll backtrack. I started off in inside an HEB. <laughs> um, you know, it was a it was a cafe. They were what, what turned into the True Texas Barbecue brand for HEB now. Um, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it was the early stages of it. Uh, was that like the Mueller Cafe? Or? Yeah, it was the Cafe yeah. Mueller, yeah. Um, so they were testing recipes. And, and not Mueller. They were specifically calling it Mueller. Cause I know yeah, it's in the area. Well, yeah. the, airport, the airport was always called Robert Mueller right. Airport. Yeah. For people that don't know, and you guys, most of you guys know, it's Louis Miller. Yeah. And so not <laughs> Mueller, but it was Mueller Airport, spelled the exact same way, and Sausage uh, casing, world casings, is Greg Mueller. So right. it's very confusing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. anyway, go on. <laughs> started there inside that HEB, and then uh, just out of the blue, I just you know sent an, uh, an email to Evan. He was at Friedman's at the time, and um, you know we worked there for a little bit uh, at Friedman's. Uh, moved on to Terry Black's, and then uh, worked at Terry Black's for about nine months or so. And um, the factory of barbecue. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it was insane amount, insane of, amount of barbecue we were cooking there, uh, and I, I think they're still still pumping it out. Um, but after that, it was time to come home. Um, you know, we had a baby and sold our house in Austin, and with the with the goal of, of coming down to the valley and opening a barbecue joint. And uh, we ended up uh, kind of delaying our plans because we helped open another joint in the valley um, before that. And uh, open Teddy's in September of 2019. Um, me along with my brother and my wife. So for, for other people that have opened up down here, um, any other stories you want to tell about kind of just trying to open up and especially bringing that style, this newer style of barbecue to the valley? Yeah. I mean, we started in 2017, and it didn't just start off like as a brick and mortar. Like we, we were a pop-up at a little festival here in town called Alfresco. And uh, you know, we it was it was new to everyone what we were doing, I guess not really, because there was like smoking oak at the time, and and uh, there was other barbecue joints, but the craft kind of style of barbecue that we we were offering uh, was different. So it was it wasn't it wasn't just like you know we we started off as a as a restaurant. Now we we kind of worked our way up out of a tent basically, um, and then uh, it wasn't until. 2019 when the time was right that you know we, we decided to open our own place so let's take it over to uh, to GW's barbecue yeah you guys are kind of in a in a similar vein of doing Central Texas style barbecue in Rio Grande Valley what's what's kind of been that journey for you guys and and how has it worked opening up you know more of a Central Texas staple menu <clears throat> we started uh, in the backyard really doing caterings out of the house and then uh, eventually in 2016, we were able to buy a food trailer, and that's how we got into the scene. Um, started a little slow for us, started picking up. Right before COVID, it was when we were at the peak of our business. We were parked uh, downtown McAllen, a place called The Yard. There, uh, we're there at night only. We we're doing like 12 briskets out of the trailer. It's pretty good. And then uh, COVID happened. And then right after COVID, during COVID, we were talking about we wanted to open the restaurant. That's what we wanted. And then uh, finally we got a chance and we just went, you know, all in basically. Everything we had, 
and we wanted to bring more Central Texas style to the Valley. Um, we wanted to bring a lot of the Austin scene over here. There was already Teddy's, but we wanted to bring more of that, especially for that side of the Valley. And uh, it's gone pretty good for us. It's gone really good. So did you have experience like eating at some of the barbecue joints around Central oh, Texas? Oh yeah, we or? always went around. That's where we would eat barbecue. And that's the style of barbecue we liked. So that's why we want to bring that over here too. For, for anybody else on this panel, um, what barbecue influenced you that's not from the Valley? And just make sure you introduce yourself before you speak. So, so uh, for me, uh, this is Josh from Tigos. For me, it was King's Highway Barbecue in San Antonio uh, with, uh, with Emilio Solis. That was the first time that, like, we actually went for a brunch on a Sunday. And I remember trying the, it was like a turkey Benedict egg thing. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and then I remember trying a michelada with this barbecue sauce in it. And I was like, okay, this is really different barbecue. Like, I want to do something cool like this. Yeah, I remember Brian and I went to, uh, to King's Highway way back. It was actually the infamous 11 stops in one day trip we did many years ago, which is stupid. Don't ever do it. Uh, <laughs> We're only doing nine tomorrow. <laughs> only nine. Yeah. But they're tacos. Um, yeah, yeah not, not all barbecue. But yeah, it, I remember King's Highway is one of the ones that stood out because San Antonio back then and, and honestly even now, doesn't have a huge barbecue scene, but King's Highway is one of the ones that stood out on that day. Yeah, us. it's really yeah. cool how there are places like real outdoors and like real mom yeah. and dad shop. Right, like, and, and they were really doing cool. some of that creative stuff that you talked about yeah. before before everyone was doing a lot of the creative stuff. So, sure, so yeah, anybody else? Yeah, so I was going to say, you know, uh, my story, this is Jaime, I'm sorry, with Smokecrafters Barbecue. Um, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but like I wasn't actually familiar with a lot of the barbecue outside of the valley before we started the business um, I wasn't even on Instagram and so I just had this idea this is something that I'd been wanting to do for a long time I know we talked earlier you know since like 2007 I started smoking and the resources that we had back then like educational stuff wasn't what it is now and you just come across a lot of crazy stuff right so anyway I had this idea I wanted to do this barbecue thing and when I started kind of posting about some of the things I wanted to do people were like oh like so and so oh like this place oh like that place and I remember we did a pop-up and uh, a mutual friend of ours Daniel Mata showed up and he was like hey man uh, your barbecue reminds me of Micklewaith and I was like what who like I've never even heard of these guys you know and so I put it on my list and I said I've got to go and check out these places but really I had never like I don't think I could say like oh I went to this place and this place really inspired me to do this barbecue thing it was just something I always really enjoyed doing and I knew I wanted to do it and I wanted to do it to the best of my ability uh, and then I discovered them afterwards and it was kind of um, it was a, it was a great experience because then you realize that okay I'm not crazy I'm not alone like I'm not the only one thinking this way like this is this actually exists people are doing this uh, so that was really cool you know um, and, and to that, put time in a context this was back in 2000 so yeah I mean, I, I mean we're I mean, talking like 20 years ago yeah. right so <laughs> no no uh, this yep. just happened as far as like me actually discovering like these other big barbecue places was like recent man like I'm talking like 2018. You know, I mean, but I had this idea of what I wanted to do since 2007, you know, 2006. I just didn't, like, put it together, you know, until recently. Um, and then it was like, oh, wow, okay, so this isn't as far-fetched or, you know, out there as I thought it was, you know. So that was kind of my, my story with, like, out-of-town barbecue. I think, um, hi, this is Chris. I think... For us here in the valley, barbecue took a different approach for a long time since we didn't get a lot of that central Texas style um, until a lot of people started venturing out. 
Um, you know, a lot of my background, you know, kind of was like leaving here, you know, he, you know, we grew up barbecuing together as families in the backyard. You know, you hear a lot of those stories. Um, a lot of it down here is essentially mesquite based, you know, uh, which is great. Uh, but, you know, when people started venturing out, you know, and, and vacations and stuff like that and discovered different styles, I think that's when people were like, okay, hey, this is different. You know, let's, let's maybe approach it that way. And, um, you know, my first uh, approach with it was, wasn't even Central Texas style, but in, in Lubbock with uh, Raider Red Meats. And uh, we did just the, uh, you know, uh, Packer style briskets in ele electric smokehouses. And then it was like in 2017 when uh, I took a job with uh, Arnis from Evie Mays. And uh, you get that first bite of, of, of brisket that you've never had before. And it's something that's like, okay, like, okay, this is this is doable, you know, not just something that, you know, we, there's a term down here, we, we call it valley brisket, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, brisket, you know, pre-sliced, you know, most of the time done in. Some, somebody mentioned quinceanera brisket. Quinceanera brisket, yeah. You know, just still eat like Hey, that's what I served at my wedding, bro. Yeah, you know, you get that first bite of something that, you know, that you've never had before, and it just, it opens your mind to a lot of different, a lot of different things, so. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, taking that path and getting to where we are, it's uh, it's cool to see, you know, and, and cool definitely now that, you know, getting the exposure down here is great, you know, because like you said, a lot of people do know South Texas as, you know, as something that's, you know, a little lesser known in the craft barbecue scene, as, as you would say. So, Chris, I'm going to, I know that, you know, you're, you're building your, your brand here, you're building your business, um, but but I am going to put you on the spot. Sure. I, I know you don't. I know you don't want to just say I'm the guy from Evie Mays because you've, yeah. you've you've grown and, and built your your own thing. But tell me kind of what you learned at Evie Mays that, that's helped you along in your career. Whether that's doesn't have to be cooking, could be a business perspective or what's kind of influenced you. I think learning a lot from them was teamwork. Um, they're more derived on if if you know if you've got one bad apple, you know the whole tree is bad. Um, and also just you know cooking from the heart and if you if you don't cook from the heart you know every single day if you're not you know even though you do let's say five briskets or you do a hundred briskets you know if you're not if you're not you know attached to that you know if you don't love it so much you know if you don't have that passion for it that drive you know it doesn't matter you know a lot of a lot of people you know they may try to do it you know they don't have the passion for it you know it, it's it's easy to emulate but it's not so easy to continue with it and I think the drive is really what you know takes us you know where we're you know you're not going to get rich in barbecue let's be honest nope. there <laughs> and I think it's it's that you know learning that at, especially at a place like that was was working together with people who who are at that level who are humble and who you know take you under their wing and they you know they teach you the ropes they teach you you know hey let's do this you know and, it, and it's no secret you know nowadays you know it's you know YouTube you know you got uh, videos you got stuff like that you know even back then you know in 2017 you know it was a, a gentleman who learned from you know basically nothing who not from Texas you know and taught someone who he didn't you know per, know personally and you know I think it, especially with someone like that you know that is what I took from that you know a restaurant of that magnitude and now bringing that back home and like I said earlier I don't want to be that person like hey you know I did this I try to venture you know trying to venture on my own path um, but just learning teamwork I think that was the best thing that I took out of out of uh, working for 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 the uh, Robbins 
And so one, one of the things that we've already touched on is kind of, you know, bringing, going out, seeing that other barbecue or trying it your own and finding out that there's other barbecue out there. Um, let's, talk, let's do a quick roll call. And what we're going to talk about is wood. So what wood do you use? Make sure you introduce yourself. What wood do you use and why do you choose that wood down here in the valley? And obviously West Texas, Mesquite is more prominent. Central Texas, post oak or other, other forms of oak. And, and some of you guys are using some of each. We'll just go from left to right. So guys, uh, Fred from Edisantra Barbecue. Um, Edisantra, we use mesquite, you know what I mean? Because uh, we are doing like a Tex-Mex barbecue feel to it, you know? Um, if you cook with it right, I mean, it's gonna be beautiful. You know, you get that nice little, you know, spicy kind of, you know, flavor to whatever. Um, and then I think like with our style, you know, a lot of, uh, like a lot of flavors, you know, a lot of salsas, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, tortilla instead of bread, and not, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, pickled onions, you know, jalapenos, all that kind of stuff. So I think mesquite pairs very, very well with that. And if you pair that with a modelo, I'm like, I hate to shut up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what we do at uh, um, at Sancho Barbecue, you know? Yeah, it's the native tree down here. This is Danny from Sancho Barbecue, anyway. Um, this is the, the, a lot of the flavors we grew up eating, like over, a lot of mesquite was uh, used as coals to grow over. So we use mesquite. I mean, we use more of a Tex-Mex style, like Fred said. So it's the, all the flavors and combined with everything we're doing homemade flour tortillas, the refried beans, breakfast, brisket. Yeah, it's, it sounds good to me. I'm ready for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris Ken. Um We chose to go the, the uh, post oak route. And uh, for the reason being, you know, growing up, you know, you always hear, you know, I don't need brisket because, you know, it gives me heartburn. It gives me heartburn. <laughs> and that does, does go back, you know, with mesquite being a little more pungent, you know. So I definitely am one to cook from my from my heart, you know, for my my palate. If I'm not gonna sit down and eat it myself, then I won't. And to me, post oak was just that more subtle flavor that I was able to actually sit and enjoy. I know other people were actually, you know, you cook for the family and you don't have, you know, two or three people complaining like, oh, you know, you know, especially down here, you know, everyone needs the tums or the harbor medicine. <laughs> well, especially if it's like green mesquite and you haven't let it cure, then mm -hmm. then you can get some acrid taste. But if yeah, it's it's it takes I think a really skilled cook to cook with mesquite and cook with it well. Yeah, we've had some great mesquite cooked barbecue. We've had some not great mesquite cooked barbecue, but I could say that about oak and pretty much every type of wood too. Just, you know, it comes down to the cook. Uh, this is George from uh, George Jr. from GW's Barbecue. For me, I, I, a lot of just kind of what Chris said too right now is that flavor is just it's it's more subtle. It doesn't overpower the meat. Uh, and I've had hickory, mesquite, post oak, and that was also a personal preference. I just like it also, and that mesquite does tend to overpower the meat in my experience and i do i've had experiences where people say oh you know it gives me heartburn or i burp it a lot and um so i just thought that one of the things i wanted to do too was let the the beef be the star of the show don't let any of the other wood overpower it and for me the post oak it it kind of lends itself the best in my opinion to helping smoke the brisket and, and letting the beef just kind of shine through and get that light smoke. Uh, but uh, a lot of it was just preference for me too. I've tried all the Central Texas style barbecue. Uh, well, I, I took, a, going back to that about going to other places, I mean, in 2017 or 2016, I did a barbecue tour during spring break and I started here and I made my way up and I stopped at every barbecue joint that was anybody, that's either famous or that was supposed to be good 
and I think my wife and I visited probably about 24 barbecue joints during that week. We went all the way up to Dallas, and uh, I, I came sorry. back. Yeah, you went to thinking, Dallas in 2016. Yeah, that couldn't have yeah, been a good sorry. experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I came back and I said, I like those flavors. And, and there's a lot of influence also from, you know, other pit masters that I listened to that, that I kind of wanted to emulate. And I said, you know what, that's what we're going with right there. If, if he's doing it, then it's got to be something that's right. So, so what is there any one or two particular spots that stood out to you on that trip that that kind of inspired you probably franklin's barbecue the, the most we've I mean, heard of it they're follow- pretty good and, 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 <laughs> and i was following really him nice. before he was even you know in his location now when he was at a trailer and and i always watched him and i tried to emulate what he did and i figured you know i, I remember when i used to say if Bon Appetit voted this guy the best brisket in America, then he must be doing something right. That article is literally what got me started down that path too. I, you know, I read so that back in 2011, and, and I think the next month was my first trip to Franklin, and now and, now I'm much fatter. And for <laughs> us, you know, I started where in the beginning I cook a brisket in the backyard, and we were doing something, and I was seasoning him with all kinds of stuff. And when I started watching him, and I started learning that salt and pepper, and salt and pepper, and, and I Lowry's. <laughs> yeah, but I, I went that path, and Maybe it, a little garlic. It, I really liked what it did, you know. And, and for me, again, it's just let the beef be the star of the show, you know. And geez, my son, and I think he's kind of gone in the same direction when we started to do that, and uh, you know. And I'll let him touch more on the post oak and you know his experience with it. Yeah, basically the same stuff. Uh, just a good, clean flavor, clean smoke lets the beef shine. Yeah, Franklin's barbecue was the first experience with like that, like that post oak taste. Like, you could taste the beef, but that post oak was just so clean. Like, you, a, you almost taste it when you walk in the flavor. door. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you could just and, smell and it. You, man. But you hit on something very important. It's also a clean smoke. It's such a clean and, smoke. And kind of the old way yeah. to smoke was a smoke bath. Yeah. The pits weren't designed to to flow. They were just designed to kind of bathe it in smoke. Yeah. And so you had a real heavy smoke flavor. Yeah. And and that was a big change. You in, let the in beef, the salt and pepper do the be the front runners, and you get that smoke in the back. Josh uh, Teagle's barbecue for me. Um, I since I was a baby, born and raised in Sebastian, Texas. We lived off mesquite. You know, since I was a little kid, we've always burned mesquite from the you know just burning. Uh, marshmallows in the backyard to you know throwing fajitas you know we've always used mesquite so for me it's 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 a special place and a special you know wood in my heart you know because again it's where I'm from it's what I'm native what's native here it's what's readily available especially right now you know with wood being so crazy expensive you know um, when we first started um, I really wanted to I liked the smell of the post oak and it was like really cool like oh this is what the big dudes are using and then when you started like oh, okay I need a cord like oh okay well it's so much so much money for me to go deliver it I'm like how much <laughs> I'm like and then this dude would hit me up on Facebook like oh pues tengo una mitad cord cuarto dólares si quieres basically like hey dude I have 40 bucks worth of wood that's been there for a year come get 40 bucks or I'll trade you some beer so you know for me it was just like you know it wasn't it's just second nature for me just to use because it's 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 local and native and then you know as far as as far as cooking with it you know 
For me, it's very easy. You know, I cook a little higher heats with mesquite, so it burns cleaner for me. You know, with uh, with poultry, you know, as far as like chicken and turkey, mesquite is honestly like for me personally like one of the best woods to use for poultry. So, yeah, so that's like yeah, we, we've again. definitely heard in, in, in our own experience, it, it's great for the quick cook meats, but it's more difficult to, to produce a good brisket. Yeah, right? for yeah, for again to me it was it was second nature just even smoking with wood. It, it came very natural to me because again I've been using it since I was a little kid, you know, <laughs> so. It's, this is Jesse from Teddy's Barbecue. And Jolene's. We gotta, and we, gotta, we gotta plug both. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we stick with the Central Texas fan know. favorite, Post Oak. Uh, we use mesquite coals for our chicken on our chud box, which hey, is fan favorite. Chuds. Love it. Yeah, we got a couple of chud boxes here. Come on, Brad. Come through that sponsorship. <laughs> <Yes. Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you YouTube money. <laughs> actually, there's actually three chud boxes here. I've got them in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've got a we, mini we, chud. I mean, we so. use a mix. We 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 use. I won't say we use post oak. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you that we use post oak. Yeah. We get what we get, man. Um, sometimes it's live oak, sometimes it's white oak. You know, uh, they bring it down from the Seguin area. All that matters is that it comes from Central Texas. And that is, it's, is it blessed and that by the Pope of Barbecue? Dry. In yeah, what? <laughs> is it blessed by the Pope of Barbecue? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he throws some tallow on it. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, but nah, but, I mean, we, we use oak and we use mesquite, uh, different applications for different meats. So, um, you know, we like, we like the way different things burn. You know, the mesquite burns a little hotter, so that's why we use it on the chicken. Um, we, we throw, sometimes we throw ch- uh, mesquite in the pit after we wrapped all the briskets because it's cheaper. So. It burns really hot. Smart. It burns really hot. And that's what we want. Yeah, we want a hot man. finish. So. Yeah, and yeah, this, this is Jaime of Smoke Crafters. So a lot of the same stuff that uh, Danny, Fred, and Josh hit on, uh, we use mesquite. And um, it's, it's a wood that we know. It's a pro, uh, flavor profile that we're used to. You know, wood wood's like the fifth beetle, right? It's like the... the third spice in the in the cooking uh, thing right so um, you know we use mesquite we're familiar with it we know it and I refuse to uh, pay money for wood so uh, <laughs> so that's what we do you know we use what we know the month is right there yeah yeah <laughs> go out back and I mean same as Josh that's the way we grew up uh, we wanted to start a fire we always had a pile of mesquite um, you know I mean if not there was plenty of dead branches you could just go break off and you know start a fire with and yeah, it's the way it was, you know, so, but yeah, we, we love it. Uh, we don't think it uh, imparts like a bitter flavor uh, to the meat at all. We smoke everything with it. We grow everything with it. Um, I think the trick is making sure you've got, you know, we, we don't use at the restaurant, we don't use any small little branches or anything like that. It's just nice, good trunk, uh, you know, uh, logs. We do split everything uh, before we use it. So it's fresh. It doesn't have time to sit out there and just kind of like rot or whatever. Um, burn very clean fires you know for sure so um just things like that that we do to make sure that the uh, i have a lot of people that are surprised when they eat it they're like dude i normally don't eat mesquite barbecue and this is like really good so uh that's a big uh that's a big plus for sure so this is a question kind of for josh and jaime and everyone else can kind of chime in too talking about service hours and and you know you guys run late into the night on your services yeah, which we're is running service right now uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean josh was like sleeping in his car an hour ago in a parking lot <laughs> just trying to catch a nap because we're yeah. like red light barbecue <laughs> <laughs> so what's kind of been some of the challenges Jaime, we'll start with you and then kind of go around the table too what's kind of been the, like the challenges of serving like a late night menu what's what have you found that's worked for you 
What have you found that maybe hasn't worked for you? Um, I think the biggest challenge is, um, you know, it, it's it's really different when you know you've got like sellout barbecue, right? Where the the goal is to like sell out in a couple of hours, and we've got to make sure that we don't sell out. Like you're actually dreading the sellout because, like, we have our hours till nine o'clock, and I cannot be sold out at seven because that creates that creates an inconsistency in our brand. That creates uh, a situation where like people are like. Oh man, I drove all the way out there and they were closed, you know, and as a business, you have that um, obligation to your customer, you know, like that's the way we feel like we have this obligation to all of our customers to stay open the hours that we have advertised. And so um, I've had instances uh, for the longest time. I know a lot of people were like, oh, Smoke Crafters doesn't sell meat by the pound. And we actually do, but we have a cutoff. Like once we get to like our second to the last brisket, like we do usually cut it off, especially if someone's showing up and saying like, hey, I want five pounds. I, you know, depending on the time of day, it's like seven o'clock or whatever. I'm sorry. I'm, you know what? I can do like two pounds, you know, <laughs> like uh, just because I have to think about the, the other customers that are going to show up. Uh, I still have plenty of hours of service. So that's probably the biggest, um, I'd say, issue that we have, because it's not like I can say, oh, man, I'm out. Let me just go get another brisket, you know, or, or more chicken or whatever. When you're smoking meats, everything takes chickens like an hour and a half, you know, like the fastest we were able to get it out. I would have to two hours. So was Teddy's the first to bring the sellout concept to town? Um, Did you know of? No, I don't think so. I mean, dude, the sellout concept has been in in place since Barbacoa places open, man. You got to show up on Sunday Sunday before fucking 10 a.m. Yeah, Yeah, you're not open. Yeah. You know, so before all these barbecue places so, so, showed up. So it wasn't what, such a right, shock. Why is everyone always so mad at you? So was that, I mean, so people, did, how did they adjust when you guys were starting to sell out? You know, when we it first happened. opened, it just it just happened, you know. <laughs> it, people would show up sometimes, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and we'd be like, you know, we have a, we started off with a 250-gallon pit. Like, we could fit maybe about six briskets in it. And uh, that was all we could do, man. Um, it was a, uh, it was real hostile at times where people would be like, "Why don't you just cook more?" Like, you know, like it was, it was hard. But um, now, you know, I, I think it's gotten better. Um, people understand, like, you know, there's a limited window of time that you can come get it. Now they're just tired of waiting in line. <laughs> yeah, now they're just tired of waiting in you line. Know, and, th- and that happened to us when we started with the pop-up. Uh, you know, deal because we I think we all started out with pop ups, right? And so when we were first doing pop ups, and you know, we did this brewery pop up, and like two hours, like all our food was gone, and people were like, What? You know, like what's going on? They didn't understand, but um, well, the yeah, last I mean, thing you want is leftover food with a pop up, yeah, exactly, because yeah. you're not serving the next day. I mean, yeah. like, there's nothing you can repurpose that towards, you know, so yeah. pop up yeah. is really a tricky balance. And and I Joshua at Tigos, you're 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 open at night, so you you also can't sell yeah, out, so right? Yeah, so kind of cater to the late night crowds. Uh, you know, we do have like kind of an entertainment district style, so our our obligation is you know feed those late night um, people that you know want you know good barbecue. So drunks. make a little yeah, a little drunks. Yeah, <laughs> we sell the heck out of brisket sandwiches. I get tired of. Shout out! Shout out! We have yeah. such a nice menu, and you know what? Um, <laughs> Let me just get a brisket sandwich. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that thing. We <laughs> served someone a tater tot casserole sandwich at a bar once, so <laughs> so you can really lower the bar if you really yeah, are willing so, to do I it. Mean, yeah, again, too, we, we, we sell about forty percent of our you know total inventory during lunch, and then a good sixty percent of it during the evening. So you know, it's been pretty good where we're at right now. 
Well, for us, I mean, this is George with GWs, but uh, we've experienced the bar scene, and we've done staying open till 3, 4 in the morning and, you know, trying to keep enough product to go that long. And when we initially opened the brick and mortar, we were open till 9 p.m. And but we had to change that because we we started noticing just first. I think you got to take the demographics that you're dealing with, the city that you're in. In the city of San Juan, it was we noticed traffic died off pretty much after seven seven thirty. There's not much traffic. Most people are already at home, and that's it. And uh, when we were on the trailer and we were at the yard, while well, everybody's coming out, it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock, they're just leaving the house, you know? So it was a different crowd, different demographics. And I think that for us, kind of unlike like I met smoke crafters, like in the beginning it was, we did have some people who got upset because you're out of brisket at a certain hour. And some people, even some of our own staff, were, hey, well, maybe we should cook more. And I said, well, no, I think we have to get people used to this idea and this concept. And eventually they'll pick up on it. And the way I kind of see it too is it creates a sense of urgency. And you know what? They're only open from 11 to 3 or 11 to 4. What do you open, Joel? 11 to 4? Yeah, 11 to 4. And and we're open 11 to 6 or 6.30. So yeah. well, the biggest I, thing is consistency, knowing what that window is. Like, it's hard for a customer if the window keeps shifting, but if they know 11 to 4, 11 to 6, you know, they yeah, know that's the window. Then. So, like, with us, they know it's 11 to 6 or 6.30, but there's times, last Sunday, we were sold out by 3.30, you know, and so it kind of, we do get a, maybe one or two that are disgruntled because, oh, man, well, I came from all the way from over here, you know, and I said, sorry, but come earlier tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and, and it creates that sense of urgency. So I think it works both ways because then they know that they got to get there at a certain time. And if they're really looking forward to it, then they're going to make sure that tomorrow I'm going to be here early. You know, so I think that uh, uh, for us, it's 11 to 6.30, Wednesday through Saturday, 11, uh, 11 to 6 on Sunday, or until sold out. And we emphasize that with everybody because... Again, you know, a lot of times we're sold out. It's 4, 4.30. I think today we were sold out by what time, G? 3.30. 3.30 we were sold out. You know, and, and as far as the whole, hey, we'll cook more. We're already cooking a lot. Yeah. And they get there at 4 a.m. every day to cook. And, you know, so I tell people something. You don't know what goes on in the background and behind the scenes of what we're doing to get all this product out. So, uh, and I'm a big believer in that everything has to be fresh. We're not going to repurpose anything or we're not going to do a brisket that we didn't sell today. That's not being sold tomorrow. Uh, Maybe occasionally we'll chop it up or we'll chop up pork and we throw it in the greens like we talked about today. But that's about as far as that's going to go. My goal every day is to sell out, is to get rid of all the briskets. If he did 20 briskets for the day, I want them all gone today. And, you know, you may not get rid of them sometimes, but um, I always get reminded from when he tells me, hey, Dad, remember when we were on the trailer and you only sold one brisket and you were happy? And I kind of kind of come back to that and say, yeah, you're right. You know, so we only sold 18 today. Okay, great. You know, but um, I think that 
for us, we've trained, uh, if you will, to kind of, everybody's getting used to that already. And they already know that, man, I got to get there early if we want to hit this place. And uh, so I, I think it's, it's worked well. And I think both ways, and, and I can understand Jaime's situation over there because, you know, it's, we, when we were at the yard, it was the same thing. Well, and like my situation is, you know, we're, we're kind of out there, you know, there's nothing near us. We're in like, yeah. we're out in the country, you know, yeah. so people make that drive, you know, it is a drive. Uh, and, and, and you have to like, you know, take that into account, you know, like us, you're like, Hey, they're coming all the way out here. We, we need to be here for them. Uh, and you know, it also kind of like the setting, like we sell beer, we have a beer garden. And so, um, you know, it's we're still gonna have to stay open those hours anyway, yeah. you know. And we had the same thing when we first opened. Uh, we thought, wait, we've got a beer uh, license. We're gonna stay open till midnight. And after ten o'clock at night, it was like a ghost town. There was nobody out there. There was like some drag racing down the street. You could hear, <laughs> you know. And it was just like, okay, yeah, no, this ain't gonna work. Sounds like uh, two a.m. So yeah. we changed those hours quick, you know. And uh, yeah. we went back to to uh, nine p.m. And now people are like, oh, can you stay open later? And I mean, maybe in the future we'll consider it, but for right now, like the 9 p.m. works, and, and you know, everyone's happy. So yeah, well, I got to close early anyway because we give it away the beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was mentioned a couple times about about sleep, and so we're going to talk about work-life balance. Never but, heard of her. Yeah. So let's let's just do a quick let's just do a quick poll, um, not necessarily a roll call. Um, how much sleep did you guys get last night? And just real quick around the room. Uh, two and a half, three hours maybe. I have five. Got about four. About four. About four hours. Four and a half. Yeah, about four. I slept like six hours. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I, I you know you I'm sorry, but like I slept eight hours last night. Like I've got an awesome team right now, and they're knocking it out of park. I mean, it, this is unheard of me being able to take a Friday night to even come over here. Um, and so, yeah, they're really pulling a lot of weight. And I'm loving it, man. I was able to get sleep. I got sleep. No he, he looks well eyes. rested. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. I, I showered. Uh, you know, I actually brushed my teeth. All this stuff. Yeah, so we're not going to do man. the poll on when this you is left showers. Yeah. <laughs> um, specifically to Daniel at El Sancho, um, you know, your hours are a little little different and and not abnormal, but not necessarily the normal hours. Um, what advice would you give other people jumping into this about? selecting what hours and how you're going to try to balance that well it's a little, it was a little different for us i mean mission has a staple coffee shop called jitters coffee shop it's been uh, running for 19 plus years so i'm a homegrown kid from mission texas and my idea was like where could i pop up of here in the, in the city where i could get um a, a variety of crowd of young crowd to older crowd uh, so we started popping up in Jitter's Coffee Shop at 2019. So it only worked out for us to be serving the whole brif- bre- breakfast brisket tacos. Um, so we're, our hours are from like 8 to like 12, 12.30. We start selling out by 1 o'clock. We're already done. By that time, we're already slinging like over 150 breakfast tacos. We do pork belly, barbacoa, smoked carnitas. And biscuits. And biscuits. And biscuits. Tomorrow, you, you'll probably have a shot at those. Oh, we will. <laughs> so it just varies. I mean, like like some people are po- popping up at bars downtown, the music districts. It just varies. You need to find your crowds and what what people you want to attract to. And it's I think Daniel Vaughn actually recently wrote an article about like the pairing of brisket and coffee or barbecue mm-hmm. and coffee. Yeah, uh, it's kind of gone together for for a while now. Uh, Miller's is kind of I guess the 
insane example of it where they've opened their own coffee roastery within their barbecue program and but that place is like a massive massive undertaking with a whole bakery and coffee program and tons of barbecue and all sorts of crazy stuff that they're doing out there since we're on the subject of hours let's give everyone a chance to go around the room and kind of say what hours everyone's open so as people listen to this and start making their plans for their rio grande valley south texas trips they know how to and please you, you can dm me and i'll put together the itinerary for you but don't ask me to please just <laughs> find out the hours and go people thursday to sunday well this is el sancho el sancho texas barbecue thursdays eight eight to one fridays we only do lunch so i'll be like 10 30 to one uh, two o'clock and then on sun, Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 1. This is Chris with Heiko. Uh, we're currently right now uh, in the midst of a partnership with a uh, pretty large, like he was saying, you know, you find your niche and you try to figure out where you can sell food and where you can't, uh, where you can't. Uh, we're in the process of right now of, of, of staffing and training staff for uh, our grand opening. Our grand opening is going to be August 2nd at 76 Bar and Kitchen. Uh, it's in McAllen, Texas. Um, Hey guys, GW's Barbecue. We're currently open Wednesday through Sunday, 11 to 6, or until sold out. Free beer. <laughs> and we have free beer on the weekends. <laughs> this is at Seagull's Barbecue. We're open uh, Thursday through Saturday from um, 11 to 3. And then we reopen again from dinner from 5.30 to 10 p.m. And then Sundays is 8.30 to about 1 p.m. This is Jesse from Teddy's Barbecue. Uh, we're open Thursday through Sunday from 11 to 4. And if you can't catch us here at 4, then you can check us out at Jolene's and McAllen. Uh, we'll usually always have barbecue up until about 10 o'clock. And uh, Smoke Crafters Barbecue is open Wednesdays uh, through Saturday uh, from 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. Most popular, mo- most popular item on everyone's menu. El Sancho, we'll start with you and we'll kind of go around the room. Um, we, we were slinging like those breakfast tacos, so we have like a 12 taco menu. Uh, most popular menu item would probably be, honestly, we have like probably six or five of them are pretty um, rolling. We got the Iron Mike. It's a sliced brisket, beef sausage, uh, fried egg, and American cheese. We got the Frida with some migas a la mexicana with Oaxaca cheese, brisket, and avocado. And we got the Milagroso, which is one of our first tacos we started with. It's uh, refried beans. Everything's on a seven-inch homemade tor- flour tortilla. Uh, refried beans, cheese, papas la mexicana, brisket, egg, and bacon. Uh, Chris and Heiko, uh, our, pork, our pork belly tacos, man, they sell like crazy. They're like a cult item, I swear. Uh, just just pork, uh, sliced, uh, sliced pork belly and homemade sauce and some, some red onions and some cilantro. Another thing with that is the culture down here. Yeah. If you put... If you put a taco that's called put pork, it might not sell a lot, but just change it to carnitas. Pulled pork for some reason does not sell down here, so yeah. belly is the way to go. Yeah. Or carnitas, or labels of carnitas. We know someone that will get mad at you if you label something carnitas and it's not made a very, very specific way. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. carnitas are barb sliced. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like that argument like, that there's no such thing. You also got to make your own tortillas. Uh, we're not going to even start <laughs> down that road. You have to make your own tortillas too. Well, you know, it's the same thing as like pork belly. There's no such thing as pork belly burn ins. There's only beef. It's like, guys, come on, relax. It's There's food. no such thing as chicken fajitas. It's food. There's it's no such food. thing as Q tips. It's, okay. it's a promise. brand. Yeah, we're all okay. GWs. Hey, so probably our three meat plate classic three meats two sides That's 20 what we ordered bucks. today yeah so my two top sellers are our slut 
Um, who are you? Oh, Tigo's barbecue. I was like, who am I? Like, Josh Tigo's barbecue. Yeah, so I guess our two main items that we sell that the most like crazy is obviously our brisket sandwich, you know, prime brisket sandwich on a, a potato bun, and our barbecue every Sunday. It's Jesse from Teddy's Barbecue. It's it's probably not even meat. It's it's beef fat tortillas. Yeah, to be honest, mom's it's, tortillas. It's we mom's we sell a shitload of those, man. <laughs> <laughs> every every day. I mean, they're just hand rolling them out back there. Uh, smoke crafters, I'd say um, 805 beer is probably our biggest. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Hey, beer. the profit margin yeah, on that's well better than briskets. <laughs> no, I, um, we've actually um, brisket sandwich. Just uh, I think it's like the safest bet. You know, when people show up, they see like a really different menu. They see the the nachos, the loaded fries, the um, you know the sausage sundae. You guys had that today, and, and it, it's, it can get a little like, oh man, I don't know. It's my first time here. You know, I want to get something safe, something familiar, and so they always go for the brisket sandwich. Uh, that's kind of a good, you know, gateway barbecue, gateway drug to, to our menu. All right, so we're going to go around one more time, um, and please make sure you introduce yourself so I don't make funny yeah, hand like, figures. I was like, funny to your hat, but your hat's backwards. Um, so. <laughs> Who would you like to cook with that you've not cooked with yet? And we'll start again over here on the corner. And Joel, you have to give a new answer this time. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, to be an honest man, this guy right here is pretty cool. We don't cook with you, man. You know, you know, <laughs> All right. You're pretty fucking cool, man. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, man, um, I'd have a chance to cook with everybody here, at, uh, honestly, man, because that's, uh, you know. I don't I, mean at this table, anywhere in, anywhere in barbecue, anywhere in the world. Well, I'm going to pick this table, right? All right. That's <laughs> bad. I like that. Not a bad table to pick. So, yeah, man, I pick anybody at the, you know, at this round table, I know. Uh, Danny from Sanchez Barbecue. Personally, probably the guy who was invited but didn't show up, Vera's Barbecue guy, um, James Beer Award. I'll definitely throw it down with him, throwing the, the cow heads in the hole. I think definitely great that Crystal Hiker Barbecue. I think definitely great that barbecue is going to be definitely earnest. I definitely probably teach you a thing or two, definitely with uh, especially our style down here uh, with that Tex Mex style. I think that would be definitely a good uh, person to. Uh, get to sit and chat and spend an evening with George from GW's barbecue I think um, I'd cook with anybody here actually too with all these guys but if I had to pick like a, a personality if you will um, I've always I'd probably want to cook with Aaron Franklin and Myron Mixon Myron because I just like the way he's real brash you know and I like I like Chris's choice too but we've actually gone to Seguin and we kind of hung out with Ernest and you know hung out in the pit room a little bit so I wouldn't say we cooked together but we were there you know and he was cooking briskets but um, could you smell when they were done yeah, so this this is probably the, the, yeah dude we, we it smells like brownies yeah good god like okay so last year we we interviewed Ernest and one of the things that Ernest said on the show was he can smell when a brisket is done. And like both Brian and I were like, as on our way home, we're like, he's full of shit. <laughs> before, we, before we aired the episode, we asked like four or five different people independently, didn't tell them anything about Ernest or anything like, I said, can you smell when a brisket's done? And I swear to, I swear to you, every one of them had a similar answer. Yeah, it, it smells it, like brownies or it smells it like was, chocolate chip cookies. It was similar flavor yeah. sounds, but somebody had like a little different variation. Right. But but I, I was I was stunned. Yeah. All right, back uh, back to the topic. George the Third from GWs. Yeah, it had to be with the Pope, Ernest. Uh, watching him when he started, like on Food Network, chopped. 
uh, barbecue pit masters. I've always admired him and his work. A lot of passion. I, this is Josh from Ghost. I would shout out my boy Andrew Soto from Butters. Uh, I haven't personally met him yet, but he's been kind of like a like a mentor to me lately. Like as far as like, oh man, dude, I'm kind of bummed that like, today didn't go as well as I wanted to. He's like, dude, keep it up. Like do this. It's been really cool. Um, Ernest too. I keep. You know, everyone's like, oh, I want to cook with Ernest. But, yeah, Ernest, too, he's, he's a really cool guy to talk to. But if I had to just pick, it would be Andrew. We're just going to have to bring Ernest down here. I mean, if he can go <laughs> to Sweden. This is Jesse from Teddy's Barbecue. It would probably have to be two of my best friends from Goldie's Barbecue, Jalen and Lane. I mean, mainly just to learn how to make bread from them. But other than that, like, I'm okay. Yeah, um, I was also going to say, like, I, I want to cook with the cutest redhead in barbecue, uh, which is Lane, you know. Uh, I just miss him. You know, we used to work together at Friedman's, so. We, we um, would love, and it'll, it, it's almost impossible to do, like to have a Friedman's reunion weekend. Yeah. Where you guys, I mean, but of course, everybody has their own business. We got to cook foil bowl briskets yeah. and uh, jalapeno jelly ribs. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, but, yeah, no, but... Uh, no, I've, I've had the pleasure of cooking with Mondo, actually. Um, he showed me how to make his carnitas. He came over to Teddy's and stuff. So, you know, I, I know that Danny said he wants to cook with him. But Underrated menu item. For sure. Yeah, you you got to get the carnitas yeah. when you go to Vera's. But, but yeah, I do, I do want to cook with the crew at Goldie's. I've been trying to get over there, like, for the past, like, four or five months. It's just been kind of hard. And I think the same as uh, what George said. You know, I mean, a- anybody here or anybody in the scene, I mean, that's, you know, doing the same thing that we're doing, I'd love to cook with. Um, outside of that, I'd probably say Martha Stewart because uh, <laughs> she knows Snoop Dogg, and so and she's got some good uh, insider tips on some trading. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, real quick, we're winding this one down. Like parting shots or tips or things for people that want to come see you guys. Make sure you introduce yourself, but anybody just jump in. Last words. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out really quick to my wife. Um, She's definitely, we've been through it all, Josh, again with Tigo's Barbecue. I wanted to give a shout out to my wife. She's really been the, my backbone through all this crazy four years of going through barbecue. Also, uh, Mike Smith, my other guy right now helping us out. Um, he's really, he's holding it down right now, but I'm hoping to pray. He doesn't text me, hey, the trailer burned down while you were away. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my parents uh, for sure. Uh, without them, you know, I wouldn't be uh, here uh, where I'm now. And uh, definitely Arnest and Mallory Robbins, Arnest for sure. Um, he's helped me a lot on this path, and uh, just have to give him that, you know, that that thanks for sure. Before you know, we start getting into our, like you said, our own venture here. So same as same as the guys, you know, um, this is Jaime of Smokecrafters. Uh, definitely shout out to my wife for you know letting me do this. Um, I know she. Anybody that doesn't <laughs> do it now is screwed. So <laughs> uh, you have Your to. Your wife will be listening. She, she dropped we, me We off, also so, give a shout uh, out to our wives. My wife doesn't yes. listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like the host. <laughs> hey, this is Joel from uh, Teddy's Barbecue. Um, if you're coming down to see us, uh, you know there's a there's a nice beach here you know south padre uh but just make sure you keep an eye on social media we're taking a vacation in august so don't forget to visit uh, jolene's McAllen. don't forget to visit jolene's McAllen. you know that's our second location it's not really a barbecue joint but uh there's some of our barbecue there so uh we're open here at teddy's uh thursday through sunday and then at jolene's tuesday through sunday so um also shout out to uh, evan Leroy, uh who's uh my best friend and uh 
you know, it's taught me a lot. Um, I'll start. Danny from Sanchez Barbecue. First, um, my our team of three, Fred and my wife. I mean, Fred throws it down pits every single day. I mean, probably one of the best pit masters I know here locally, honestly. Appreciate, appreciate. Uh, my wife holds it down with the customer service. She's always keeping keeping the business straight, keeping me straight. And last shout out would be Jitters Coffee Shop for giving us the platform for us to showcase our food, our craft. And we've built so many relationships through this business, this collaboration of two um, business coming together. And I mean, there's no better place I would rather be, to be honest. You know what they need down here? Andy? They need a, a Rio Grande Valley barbecue festival. That would be cool. Yeah, you guys, you guys do that and take care of it and we'll, let us know. Yeah, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come. <laughs> I've, I've, I've talked about that. You mentioned it, but it uh, it seems like a lot of logistics. Yeah, you you guys are all working too. That's the that's yeah, it, always the big yeah. Problem. Festivals are fun, but yeah, they're a lot of work. Like to to attend, to serve at, to coordinate. Like, don't get into it. But guys, thank you so much for. I know this wasn't easy to get everybody in there. George, I'll get one George real Jr. quick. Uh, I I do need to do a shout out. Uh, George from GW's Barbecue. Uh, I do need to give a shout out to my wife, to my family, um, my son G, who, uh, if you all didn't know, G was a police officer prior to coming to work for me and he resigned to come help me full time. And it's always been what he wanted to do. You know, it's his passion to cook and, and to cook barbecue. But um, the journey started five years ago on a food truck, but we've sacrificed a lot. And uh, it's, been, um, it's, it's been rough at times, it's been good. We've experienced you know, all kinds of emotions, but my wife's been there to support me, he's been there to support me, and uh, it's kind of been like, kind of like he said when we started, it's, it's either we're all in or we're all out. We can't do it halfway. That's the one thing that I would say is you, you gotta do it, you gotta be all in. Um, and I also wanna give a shout out to the people that have come out to support us, the city of San Juan, the, the, all the customers that come in, because even no matter what we're doing without them, it doesn't go, you know? So um, th that's why I want to give a shout out to you. Also the whole crew of GWs, without them, like we wouldn't be here, you know? They've really put in a lot of work. All right, folks, we're gonna wrap, wrap this one up so that we can turn off the mics and have a little bit of more fun. Um, once again, if you're listening, make sure you get down to the Rio Grande Valley. This isn't even everybody that's out here, but El Sancho Barbecue. Uh, we have GWs. We have Heiko. We have Teddy's. Wish we had Venice. Uh, did I say Tigos? Smoke Crafters. We got Smoke Crafters. We got, yeah, like you said, Teddy's, Jolene's, GWs, Heiko Barbecue Company, El Sancho. There's more that's going to probably be here, open here in a year. Who knows? This is a very, very cool, growing barbecue scene down here. Uh, check it out. You can make a whole weekend out of it. And, and you don't even have to just eat barbecue. You can be really gluttonous and eat a bunch of tacos like we're going to do tomorrow on top of eating a bunch of barbecue. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to eat a lot of food tomorrow. But, uh, but thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this one. Thank you to everybody for taking the time to join in on this. Uh, it's, been, it's been fun to, uh, to get everyone together, and we're looking forward to see how the scene grows and grows over the years. Outstanding. Thanks, everybody. Thank thanks, you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.